Crow marketing culture and sketchy MLMs have given modern business a bad reputation. It feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur, even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips. If you feel frustrated running your business, stress over your sales goals, or are baffled by marketing strategies, you've come to the right place. You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated, female, and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years. And I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get rich quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. If you find that you're struggling with sales conversations, if they stress you out or you find that you're always stumbling over your words or you're not closing as many sales as you like or you just are really petrified of coming across as that pushy salesperson, I have great news for you. I have a totally free, completely 100% free, no catch, no sleaze sales method guide just for you. So when you download this guide, and I'll give you the URL in just a second, you are going to be able to start selling smarter this week. Yes, really. So what this is, is a framework, a customizable framework that works whether you sell a product or a service or both. So this is not weird scripts that you have to memorize or anything really convoluted or complex. It's just an easy way to remember what to say, how to say it, and why to say it when you're having a sales conversation with someone. I think you're going to love it. I know I do. I know it's worked for me for many, many, many years. I know my clients love it too. It gives them a ton of confidence when it comes to selling and that confidence translates to closing more sales, right? So if you need this, if this is a tool that seems like it's beneficial to you, I want you to go to bit.ly forward slash sell it sister podcast. It's all lowercase and it's all one word. Again, that's bit.ly bitly essentially forward slash sell it sister podcast. It's really, really quick to go through. But if you have any questions or anything, be sure to reach out because I want to make sure that you are a selling superstar. On today's episode of Sell It Sister, I am joined by guest Amanda Abea of Make Money Your Honey. And before I tell you about Amanda, who she is and what she does, I just want to say that, you know, this podcast episode, I at first anticipated it would be very much a sort of how-to on creating and selling high-ticket offers. And what ended up happening, we we do get to that. It's it's actually way later in the podcast. Um, we get to it. But because Amanda is also a sales and selling expert, 
And a lot of what she does overlaps with what I do, even though we, you know, we don't do it in the exact same way. Um, but we, there's a lot of things that, that do overlap. So we ended up having this really great conversation, at least, uh, like it felt interesting to me. Um, but I, I also nerd out on (laughs) sales and marketing stuff all the time, obviously. Um, but we, we ended up talking a lot more about the nuance of like selling and pricing and raising your prices and feeling worthy around raising your prices. And I feel like this is actually good to hear, like really, really important to hear because if I just had her come on and just give you, you know, five quick steps to uh, creating and selling a high ticket offer, that would be great. However, there is so much more involved in selling that high ticket offer and feeling comfortable, especially if you have been selling something that is more low priced, it can feel uh, very like icky, right? It can, it can feel very um, challenging, challenging. It can bring up all of these other really difficult emotions that then cause us to not even feel like we want to promote it because we're like, I I can't sell that thing. Nobody's going to buy that thing. I don't know anyone who's going to pay me that kind of money. I don't feel good about, you know, receiving that kind of money. And so we actually ended up getting into this whole conversation around um, pricing and, uh, you know, feeling comfortable raising your rates, feeling worthy of making more, um, how it also feels really icky when we have sold something for too low of a price and how, as we start to deliver on that thing, it can bring up a new set of really uncomfortable feelings like, like resentment and, and things of that nature, which, you know, isn't to say, and we, we are very, um, specific in the episode that it's not resentment toward our clients, it's resentment towards ourselves. And so I really feel like, so much of creating offers and pricing offers and then turning around and marketing those offers, it's it's a lot of doing the internal work first and not just a checklist that we can follow. And I know I've talked about this before in past episodes on pricing. Uh, I know last week I talked about selling low ticket versus high ticket offers, touched a little bit on that in there. But Amanda really does have such um, this extensive experience of learning the business of sales and selling and then teaching it to the people that she works with. And I just, I think that there's so much more nuance to it. And so that is actually, we, we kind of went down various rabbit holes um, around the nuance of just selling in general and putting yourself and your offers out there to sell. And the the real, real obstacles that we have to overcome in doing that. And I was uh, very appreciative. She was super um, open, honest, and transparent in a lot of what that has looked like for her, a lot of her own um, limiting beliefs and, uh, and, and things of that nature. So now that I have said all of that, 
who is this Amanda person? Well, Amanda Abea is an award-winning content creator, keynote speaker, and business coach who specializes in helping business owners activate their persuasion prowess so they can make more money. Her clients go from hating sales and marketing to achieving 90% close rates and closing multiple five-figure deals. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, Univision, and many more. Prior to teaching marketing and sales, Amanda spent a decade as a financial writer and wrote content for companies like Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, Santander, and more. She's also partnered with companies like Capital One and TransUnion in financial education campaigns. She's also the Amazon bestselling author of Make Money or Honey and has created a community of over 60,000 people across social media channels so they can make more money and live a more affluent life. Her Facebook group that she is currently running is called High Ticket Sales for Women Coaches and Course Creators. She can also be found at amandaabea.com on Instagram and both on Instagram and Twitter at amandaabea. So I really hope that you get a lot out of this episode. I know even for me, it was really uh, cathartic to talk about some of my own ish um, that I have had to overcome in business. And if her uh, message resonates with you and you want to learn more, all of those links will also be in the show notes. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the Sell It Sister podcast. I am so happy to be speaking with you today. Hi, Erica. I am thrilled to be talking sales with another woman. So I'm very excited about where this is going to go. Yeah. Before I have you talk a little bit more about how you got to do what you are doing. Um, I just want to say like, I know you from Rachel Rogers, uh, membership from the club and you reach out to me and you're like, Hey, I'm, you know, a fellow selling schmilly. Like let's, let's have a conversation about high ticket offers. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Because it's something I just, I have a lot of, I have a lot of my own thoughts and, and opinions and everything. And I know that this is, this is your jam. So I'm, I'm just really excited for this conversation. Yeah. And I, I reached out because when I see other Schmillies who are like killing it in the sales game, particularly when they're women, cause we were talking before we started recording, like we, we've got so many hangups. <laughs> around high ticket sales that when I see another one doing it, I'm like, oh, hey, hi, hi, we need to be friends. Let's talk. <laughs> totally, totally. And I think it's just like not to go down the, the tangent, but like I, I love knowing other people who do similar things. I know for a lot of people, it's the like, oh, but you know, competition or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like feed into that. I feel like there's, there's enough room on, on planet internet for everyone. And I actually think it's really cool to know other people in similar fields because like we can always network on trends or ideas or thoughts or whatever. And also like, we are not, each individual is not for every person. So it's great to have right. other people to connect others with. So, yeah. Right. Plus, you know, there's JV opportunities, which is yeah. a sales thing. Like sales can come from collaborations. It doesn't have to come a hundred percent through you and everything you're doing and your stuff. So I'm 100% with you. I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, competition's not really a thing guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So I know, you know, I, I, there's the intro people know a little bit about you, but like what is your backstory? I feel like we all have a really interesting path in the world of entrepreneurship. 
Yeah. And I've definitely got one with lots of pivots. So I've actually been in sales since I was 20. I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I've done fundraising. I've done tours at my college. I was a recruiter at my last job. So I was always like somehow involved in sales or in a sales job. It's just nobody ever connected the dots for me. So I wasn't really aware that that's what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. I never got like formal sales training. They basically just like threw me in. Yep. Into the job. And I hear now that I work with more teams and things like that, I actually hear that's really common. Like people are working in sales teams, but they haven't been properly trained or they're doing sales and they have no idea that what they're Mm -hmm. doing is related Mm -hmm. to sales. So now that I have my own team, I'm like everybody down from the assistant to the intern, I don't care. Like I'm connecting the dots for everybody. So Mm -hmm. you understand how what you do leads to money in the bank. Because no one ever did that for me. Yep. Yep. That's, that's common. I I feel like it's the same. I didn't actually, um, same for me because I have been selling like pretty much any job other than like when I was teaching high school has been based in sales somehow. And I actually didn't know it was like a strength that I had. I, I truly, I didn't realize until only I would say maybe like five years ago, because I never really correlated it to like, like you were saying, like formal sales training or anything like that. Like, yes, I had, you know, some like retail training and, and whatnot, but it, part of it just felt, um, intrinsic in a way. And then, so that's, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that. I'm not, I'm not the only weirdo in that way. No, it happens all the time. Like people are in sales positions or something having to do with sales and they have no idea. And one of my business bestie works with a lot of corporate companies training Mm -hmm. their sales team. And she's like, oh yeah, this is like a massive problem. Like even the sales team doesn't know they're doing sales because the training is lacking or the understanding or the context is lacking from the management team. So it's actually really common now that I'm, and now that I'm aware, I'm making sure not to do that mistake in Mm -hmm. my own company. So even now, as we're speaking, like my right-hand woman is prospecting, like while we speak. And I'm like, this is prospecting. This is how you do the messaging. And I'm teaching her that part of it now. And eventually I'll move her into other things, right? But I'm making sure everybody knows. So from there, I mean, the the origin, the story is basically like I graduated in 2010, couldn't find a job, started a blog because uh, I realized no one taught me anything about money or adulthood mm-hmm. or any of those things. And then the short version is that blog ended up turning into my first business, which was a freelance writing business. I was a content marketer. And eventually I niched down to content marketing for financial companies. So whatever your bank is, I probably at some point... I either wrote an article or was somehow involved um, in the marketing aspect of things. And I don't do that anymore, but I still will do certain campaigns for financial education because it's something I'm really passionate about and something that is very much lacking in society, which causes a lot of problems. So that was my first business. And in that first business, I realized, oh my God, you got to learn how to sell. Like you got to learn how to pitch. Mm -hmm. Right. So it wasn't like phone sales when you're freelance writing. It's Mm -hmm. more like email pitches, which is still sales. Right. A hundred percent. You still got to close deals. And I learned some very important lessons that now as a sales trainer, I'm telling my clients all the time. So in freelancing, it sounded like always be pitching in sales Mm -hmm. training. It sounds like always be closing or always Mm -hmm. be prospecting. 
Right. Mm -hmm. But I basically learned how to do all that stuff with my first business. Um, and I always wanted to be a coach or a trainer because I knew freelancing wasn't the for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, this is great. I'll probably write until the day I die, but at some point the wheels of this thing are going to fall off. And I'm aware of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to do coaching and training and really helping people transform their lives. So I went through this process of like trying to figure out what life coaching was. Mm -hmm not an easy sell. Right. Um, and I was, I was very confused and I was very split because I'm like, I'm a recruiter at my day job. So I could do career coaching. I'm writing financial articles on the side of that for financial companies. Um, so I could teach that. Right. But everybody's asking me about entrepreneurship and how the hell I built this business to begin with. So I could teach on that. And Mm -hmm. I was all kinds of confused. And because I was all kinds of confused, it was causing lots of issues with sales. Mm, yeah. So I was once actually rejected 60 times in one month. Like no <laughs> one would buy my coaching. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's brutal. That is it's brutal. brutal. Right. So I actually quit coaching for a while. Right. And then I just really doubled, tripled down on the freelancing because that, mm-hmm. that was coming in. Like I was closing those left and right. Cool. Whatever. I guess somehow in my mind, I was like, oh, I guess you're like destined to be a freelancer because this coaching thing's not going to work for you. And then I started running into another issue. And that was, I was starting to make good money as a freelancer, but, um, a, my hands were hurting, like literally from all the content I was doing, it wasn't scalable and I wasn't going to be allowed to like live the life I wanted to live. Like I remember being mm-hmm. home, visiting my parents for the holidays and then getting an email on December 26th at 9am from an editor that they wanted a bunch of edits. And I basically went, Oh hell no, this is not why I got into this. Mm-hmm. Like I had that moment. Right. So I was like, you need to figure out how to intellect, like get your intellectual property into other people's brains, right? Because yeah. at that point, I'd been in entrepreneurship like seven years. Yeah. I think six or seven years. That's And you need systems or you need a process or you need something. So I hired someone to help me with that. And um, I went through a training with them and we get to the sales portion and I was like, oh God, like, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm still thinking about when I got rejected 60 times in one month. So mm-hmm. I go through the sales training and they stop and they're like, you're really good. And I was like, huh? What do you mean? I'm really good. Cause remember no one's connected the dots for me totally. by this point. Yeah. Right. Like my freelance business is doing really well and I'm selling, but I don't realize I'm selling. Right. Um, and then I was rejected 60 times in one month. At one point, they're like, yeah, you're really great. Just make this one little tweak here. And I was like, "Um, okay. Um, And I launched Persuade to Profit, which is my sales training program. At the time, it was um, a smaller container than it is now. And it was mostly just focused more on marketing. There was sales stuff, but it was really Mm -hmm. the marketing piece people were asking me for because I was doing marketing for banks, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I launched it and I had just moved and I had rent to pay. And I was like, well, I'm just going in. Right. And I made $10,000 in cash in two weeks. Nice. People were like, oh yeah, no, totally. Here you go. Here's the credit card. Here you go. Here's the credit card. Like painfuls. Yeah. And at that moment I was like, bitch, you are good at sales. Like, (laughs) (laughs) because finally the dots connected. (laughs) Completely. Um, Completely connected. So 
it would be another year while I'm doing like the, the building, the coaching and marketing training company that I have now and still doing the content marketing company at the same time. It would be a year before I completely let go of the mm-hmm. former business because um, I realized I was starting to make more money selling my yeah. programs and teaching people how to market and sell than I was making freelancing. And it was giving me more of my like time freedom back. Yeah. So that was 2018. And then in 2020, which is when you and I met, um, the world, the shit hit the fan in 2020. And when shit hits the fan, everyone freaks out about sales. So in 2020, people were like knocking down my door, like, oh my God, I need help. Oh my God, I need help. Oh my God, I'm really struggling. How do you do sales in a time of uncertainty? How do you do, you know? And I realized two things. Number one, there's a lot of people out here buying business training programs and no one's teaching them how to actually sell. That's the first thing I noticed. Word. Let me co-sign that real quick. (laughs) So so they're like tens of thousands of dollars in debt and never made a return because no one taught them sales from A to Z right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not, the leads are not always going to be on fire. Like you need to know how to like (laughs) be with people. you like, you need to know how to deal with people and how this process works. Right. Um, so that was number one. And number two, the ones who were struggling the most were women because the, the men have their resources to go to. I ended up learning from men how to really do this. Mm -hmm. Every time I went to a program run by a woman, not, not to shade it, but it it was that whole idea of like, they weren't really going in on the Mm -hmm. sales stuff. Like there, it just was not there. So in order for me to learn everything from like prospecting to closing, to handling objections, to sales system, like I had to learn from the guys. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, I was like, okay, so all these women are buying programs and no one's teaching them how to sell. Right. And number two, there aren't really any resources available to them to really help them understand. This is before I met you (laughs) to really help them understand um, what what is this process? What is going on for them psychologically? What is going on for the other person psychologically? Like how to actually show up in a sales conversation, how the marketing helps the sales. But marketing is not sales. They're two different Mm -hmm. things, you know. So in 2020, I was like, okay, I got to do something about this. And I really started doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the messaging of I help women with sales systems and high ticket sales training, Mm -hmm. right? We're not talking Facebook ads until you've got money coming in for Facebook ads, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to get you doing high ticket sales from the gate. That's Mm -hmm. what we're doing. And I expanded the sales portion of Persuade to Profit. And then by the end of 2020, we were doubling our revenue. We started a Facebook group called High Ticket Sales for Women Coaches and Course Creators. Had over a thousand people within a quarter, mostly organically, right? And people are just like, give me more, give me more, give me more. So I was like, oh, I hit something in the marketplace. (laughs) I found something. Yeah. And I feel like what's really interesting, like two things that I thought when you were talking is one, how you were like, I'd been doing all this other selling and even selling in your freelance. But then when you switched to coaching, it became, it felt harder because I experienced that too. Like I was like, I'd run other businesses, like I could sell anything. But then when I made the pivot to like, I'm selling myself and it's like an intangible deliverable. It was like, what the, I don't, this is like a different world. And it's, it's like the fundamentals are there, but I feel like the mindset shift, that was like a hurdle personally for me that I had to 
I had to really figure out like a different way of marketing and a different way of selling. Like it, it was, it was like just a lot of new stuff to learn. Cause it is a bit different than being like, oh, there's this handbag or there's this, you know, this physical thing, even if it's a document, like a, a blog post or whatever, like that's still a physical thing versus like- I'm doing something for you. And in my, yeah. and, I, and right now I help a lot of business owners move away from the done for you stuff because they're tired. They can't scale it. I know I yeah. was there, right? Yeah. So it's a different, it's a different kind of, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I said this to my mastermind group on Monday. I make five times more money now than I ever did. Freelancing. Yeah. And it's going to keep growing because I can scale totally. the thing. Right. But there is that shift there that they go through where it's like, wait a minute, is like my knowledge enough? And I'm like, your knowledge is inherently expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think what's interesting, the other thing that I thought of was you said, you know, during um, 2020, how people were like, oh my gosh, like I need, I need selling and, and you, but you'd already been doing it for years. I just, I like want to emphasize like how it was, it's the, like st the sticking with it, like sticking, like giving your business enough time and your message enough time and the consistency of that message. Like, I know you said, like you ramped it up, you went all in, you like doubled down, you did all of that to make it even more, but that like it wasn't overnight that people were flocking to you being like, I need Amanda sales coaching. It was like, you had been being consistent and putting that bug in people's ears. And then like, we never know what that catalyst will be for somebody to finally be like, I, I need this person now. So it's like, just don't, yeah. don't quit on yourself too early. Like just because, because like, what if you, what if you would have stopped earlier and then now you're, you know, like you wouldn't be making five times as much, you know what I mean? So I just, I like wanted to call that out. Cause I think it's so important for people to have real examples of people where it was like, cause I feel like in the online space, everything looks so shiny and it's like, right. this, you know, six figure launch. And, you know, in like 12 months, they went from making like, you know, $12 an hour to 20,000 a my month. Story. Right. And yeah. it's like, no, you had to keep like the message and the time and the, like, you had to put in the work and then finally the tipping point. And it was like, now I need Amanda and I'm ready to spend and I need what she's got. Yeah. And it, I actually didn't even realize I had done this, but I basically completely shifted business models and lanes within like a three-year period. And I just didn't realize that's what I had done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause absolutely. I was so in it. <laughs> And to your point about the sticking with it, I find that that's one of the things people really struggle with with sales. So when I'm doing sales training with my clients, and by the way, part of the reason why the messaging stuck was because my clients started getting ridiculous results. Like we had clients getting 90% close rates once they figured out some of this stuff, which is like, I don't even think, I, I don't even have a 90% close rate. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and so the, the thing that I tell them, right. And I'm, I'm re leading a group through persuade to profit now. And I start them off with the call and I'm like, look, there's a few areas in this program where you're going to feel resistance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, your pricing hundred mm -hmm. percent, the tech stuff for the systems. Cause I don't want mm -hmm. you guys being imprisoned. I want things working for you. Right. Um, the marketing and putting yourself out there and being visible and letting people know you exist and mm -hmm. sales like, 
I shit you not, once we get to module six, which is when we start doing like sales, that's when it gets real for people. And that's when they're most likely to self-sabotage, right? Because we've been told a bunch of bullshit about what sales actually is. And everybody's had a horrible sales experience Mm -hmm. at some point in their lives and they don't understand what's going on there. Once they understand, they're fine. But one of the things I tell them, I was like, you are going to feel resistance, right? Mm -hmm. It's normal, right? You are also probably going to suck at first. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Totally normal. It's Uh fine. Right. The thing is, it's like working out. Like I just started working out with a trainer and you know, we're 10 minutes in and my body's like, why did you do this to me? Mm -hmm. Like, why are we doing, but you stick through it and you move past the resistance and then you start seeing the results. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what happens for most people, and I understand because it's a lot of rejection you have to go through, right. They don't stick with it long enough to really learn sales. Yeah. So they just see the rejection, 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 rejection. And they're like, there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, no, we all go through this. Yep. Absolutely. And I think even now there's the thing too of like, and I don't know if this happens, you know, for you or whatever, but when there's that person and you're like, you're so excited to work with them and you just like, you want to hear that. Yes. And it's like, I will still get butterflies. Like, and I still know, you know, I know all of the, you know, like, rationally, I can be like, this is, you know, like whatever, like I, I, the logical part of my brain knows and like understands and is not freaking out. But that like, like excited, deep internal part of me is like, oh my gosh, I hope, I really hope they say yes. I really hope they say, you know, it's like, I feel like there is some of that element of like, um, the like butterflies that doesn't, it's almost like the, you know, before you walk out on stage for anyone who's done like theater or public speaking, it's like it's adrenaline. Yeah. Like once you're out there, you're like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the flow. I yeah. got this, like whatever. But that like moment right before you're like, Ooh, I'm like a little scared, excited. So, and I just, yes. I feel like that means that you care and it just comes with the territory and you're not, it's yeah. not just and about the money then. And you're human. Yeah. yeah. And you're human. Um, and I tell people all the time, like, if you're not somehow emotionally invested in this, like, that's when I would be concerned, because there's two mm-hmm. things for that. Number one, I'm sure you've heard this, but there's a saying that says, like, the person who has the most conviction is going to win the sale, right? Mm-hmm. You need to have conviction in order to have people buy from you, right? You either mm-hmm. have to be convicted as to why your product or service helps this person, or they're going to be more convicted to their excuses as to why they can't do it. But somebody's got more conviction, mm-hmm. right? So the thing is, that's the one thing I cannot teach. You either have it or you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I see people getting emotional like that, I'm like, nope, that's good. That means you've got conviction. Now it's just a matter of like the skill set and teaching you how to like focus that and hone that in, you know, but I can work with that. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that, um, because I I 100% know I can look back now and go, oh, I know, I know why I lost that sale. And it was, it was exactly that it was, I had put a perception in my mind of, oh, I, I don't know if I can actually like help this person. Not even, not even like, I don't know if I can help this person, but like, it would be someone who had like, I don't even know, like, you know, 10 times more, let's say like Instagram followers than me. Right. So in my, in my like very human mind, it's like, oh, they're, they must be this level above me, even though I have skills that could help them. Like this was my hang up for the longest time. It was like, 
well, why would they want me? Like it almost felt like being in high school again. Like they're a cool kid. I'm a nerd. I can't possibly be the one, like, they're not, they're not going to want me, even though they reached out, even though they, they booked the discovery call. And while we had a great conversation, I am 99% sure that they didn't close to, they, like, they didn't become an actual paying client of mine because I was too wishy-washy. I didn't have the conviction because I had told myself a story about who they were and how I, you know, whatever. And so I didn't, I wasn't clear enough in really showcasing like how I could help and why I was actually like the perfect person to be able to help them. And, and, and in some cases, I'm sure, you know, maybe it was just like, they're like, I don't know. I just don't vibe with her and I'm gonna go with someone else. Cause that happens too. And I totally respect that. And, you know, and that's, I've, I've experienced that in shopping around for things as well. Same. Yeah. Um, as you know, as a consumer. Um, but it's that thing where I'm like, I wish I could rewind the clock with the confidence I have now and redo that sales call. And I would bet anything that my own confidence and conviction around the results I get for people, I would have better, or I would have like, could have articulated that better and they would have become a paying client. Well, Erica, a sale is never really lost. You could go back and close them. Those 60 people that rejected <laughs> me, I'm closing them now. That was years ago. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. yeah. And I didn't and, go you know, away. It's, <laughs> and it's the kind of thing where, you know, I still in my, like my approach to it is like, once I've connected with somebody, like we are a connection, like you could, you could say, no, you could say not now. There's no, there's no bad blood. Like I now know you as a human. I think you're rad. We're connected. Like, I want to still stay engaged with you, but yeah, like, I think, I think sometimes it's easy for people to assume that even, even for people who look like they have it all together and they're comfortable selling and stuff, it's like, that's not the whole, that's not how it has always been 100% of the time always. Cause anytime we like step off that path and do something new, it feels, it brings up all the shit all over again. And it's like, you're back to, you have more tools in your tool belt, but you're like, well, I know I could sell that and I could do it confidently, but now I've, you know, which I think this is like a good segue to talking about high ticket offers where you're like, well, I know I could sell that $500 thing, but now you want me to sell a $2,500 thing? Like I got tools in my tool belt, but this also feels scary as hell. And, and I don't know, like now my, now my confidence is a little bit waning. Cause I don't actually know if I could show up to a sales call and quote someone 2,500, 5,000, $10,000. Yeah. Um, I think what did it for me was me observing how the men did it. I remember being mm-hmm. in a, in a bar at a conference I used to go to every year and like my accountant, my accountant's a dude, he's sitting next to me and then his dude friend and that dude friend ended up selling his website for seven figures later on down the road, right? Like down the road, right? And then it was two female friends of mine that I knew from the conference. And I'm just here observing because I'm like kind of obsessed with how like men approach sales versus how women approach sales. I think it's like the most fascinating thing ever, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like speaking two different languages. So I'm just here like observing. I was still mostly a freelancer at this point. And that's why I was at this conference. And my female friend is talking about well, you know, I know I could go into editing, but like, I just feel so weird about selling myself. I just feel so weird about asking for this amount of money. And my accountant and my dude friend over here were like, 
what's the problem? You're just telling somebody that you can fix their problem and that you're good at it. Like it was so nonchalant. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I need to be more like you. <laughs> right. Or there was another guy at that conference. Again, this is when I was freelancing. And this is one of my first lessons in that, that now I'm seeing like, oh, I'm seeing it all come back around. Right. And he's like, yeah, I just keep asking for more money with every new person I talk to until I hear no. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you do what? He goes, yeah. I just like test myself with like every new, I'm just going to keep asking for more money until I hear no. And then I'll probably try again. And I was, and there's no feelings about it. There's no like stories about it. There's no nothing. It's, it's just very nonchalant. Or last year I interviewed one of my sales trainers, Michael Burt for my podcast, right? Cause um, I did that for my audience. Cause I'm like, yeah, the world's on fire. So let's go talk to a guy who's running like a multi-million dollar company and like trains sales teams, right? Let's do it. Right. And also introducing people to some of my mentors. And he said this story that I was like, oh my God, if women just understood this, if women just understood what this guy did, right. Where he was a basketball coach for like 12 years. And Mm -hmm. then he started getting asked to train sales teams because, you know, teams and teams, Mm -hmm. right. Like people Mm -hmm. with sports backgrounds actually do really well in sales, Mm -hmm. um, typically. And so he's like, okay, like he didn't go out looking for him. It was some big insurance company in Tennessee. And they came to him because he'd won a championship for a girls high school basketball team. And they came to him. Right. And they're like, well, how much would you charge for like this? And he's like, I just said $160,000 because I was too stupid to ask for more. (laughs) And he got it. That makes me want to like, just slip into the abyss. Like I can't because... (laughs) I feel like there are, uh, I mean, myself included, I feel like there's so few women I know who would be like, like we would be, you know, up for nights, sweating, conferencing all of our friends, freaking, totally freaking out. And then would still be like, I don't know. Do you think that 15,000, do you think that's too much? Should I should I do 10,000? And you know, I just, I feel like it's so, and I mean, there's obviously so many longstanding, you know, cultural and, you know, like reasons for this. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There's so much going on, but it's, it's just, um, it is, it is buck wild. I know there's Denise Duffield Thomas has this old, old video recording. She's like speaking at something and she's talking about the difference between men selling and women selling. And it's like a dude will be like, oh, I have, you know, I don't know, like this AirPod case, whatever. Like it's, yeah, it's like super amazing and blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's the great, like, you'll never find another, you know, uh, AirPod case protector and it's this much. And how many do you want? And she's like, you know, and then like women will be like, oh, this thing, it's my whole life's work. Like I'm an expert right, exactly. in my field and, and everything. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Are you sure you want it? Could I just do I need another free- certification to sell do this? Need- yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should I just make this free content and say like, I don't it's and it's just oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's it's so like there's just so much to unpack there. But it that really is like it is such a real thing, which is why I constantly am reminding myself and saying like, carry yourself with confidence of a mediocre white man. Cause they just, they could read a pamphlet and be like, I'm an expert. Now you should pay me. I'm now a consultant in this thing. And you should pay me top right. dollar for my knowledge. I'm like, so I was like, your first deal was $160,000. He's like, yeah. And I, and I, and he probably did undercharge 
total transparency. You're like training a whole corporate sales team. Like you probably undercharged. Right. So, but still like, I I'm like, I was like, I would freak out over like $5 when I was first starting like freelancing yes. and this over here, like asking for 160 grand with the first like people that come to him because quote unquote, he was too stupid to not ask for more. Cause he didn't know he could ask for more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It makes me like, want to just sweat through my clothes. Like I can't. <laughs> when he said that story on my podcast last year, I was literally like, coach, do you under, I'm trying to, he does a lot more traditional stuff. So like, right. I'm always trying to combine the old school stale stuff with the new school stale stuff. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm like, you can't rely on Facebook ads forever people. Like I do it, right. but like what happens if your account gets shut down? Like you need to know the skills. Okay. Total, you need yeah, to know how to completely. do it all the ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why y'all are taking marketing programs and still not making money by the way, because it's all based on the assumption that the leads are going to be on fire, which is not Mm -hmm. always the case. They have Mm -hmm. considerations that you need to know how to deal with. Exactly. And that comes from traditional sales training. Mm -hmm. Right. So he does way more traditional sales. It's like financial advisors, insurance companies, mortgage guys, all that stuff. Right. So I learned from him and I was literally like, Coach, do you realize how difficult this would be like for a woman? Like the fact that you just said that, like, like we don't, we don't operate this way (laughs) for lots and lots of reasons. Like you said, um, going back eons probably. Um, and, and that's why I decided in 2020, okay, I really have to talk to women about this. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, I would, I understand why a woman would feel uncomfortable with like a Grant Cardone or a Michael Com- Burke yes. or a yep. Bradley. I love all of them, by the way, right? Like I've trained with Michael Burt and Grant Cardone, right? Love them. Totally love them, right? There are some things that are amazing that I applied right away. The mindset stuff was really good. There are other things that I'm not going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's totally cool, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand why, based on a lot of the stuff that we would have to unpack to really explain the psyche of women in this particular situation, I understand why you would feel uncomfortable. I totally get it, right? Or like I was in a, in a I'm not going to say the name, but I was in a training program for a sales system and like it was so bro sales, mm-hmm. like it was so gross, right? And it was effective and they were making money. But then I had people in my DMs being like, Hey, Amanda, how are you making money with this system? Because I haven't been able to do anything yet. Mm. And then I come to find out, oh, they used bro sales on you and they never should have sold this thing to you in the first place because you weren't ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I get it. I completely a hundred percent understand, right? Because you would have to go in there and just be kind of like, okay, this works for me. This doesn't work for me. Right. Yeah. Or you would have to go into a guy like Grant Cardone who will admit that he puts people off, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's not great at first impressions. You would have to stay in there long enough to get over all like the craziness and like really find out what he's trying to teach you. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and not everybody, not, he's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. Right. And he knows it too. And he shouldn't be same with Michael Burt. It's very hard driving. It's very, you know, um, like, athletics almost Mm -hmm. oriented that doesn't work for people I get it so I was like all right I'm gonna be the translator Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I actually don't mind these environments I've learned a lot from them and I know what I know what's gonna work for the women and I know what's not gonna work for the women right because I am one so I'm gonna be like the translator here right so Mm -hmm. that women will actually have a freaking resource to go to where they understand um 
this is a business and you're here to make money, right? So like going for the clothes, it's not just about you building relationships while at the same time, not having to, because I think where the guys kind of falter is that sense of like, they're not as empathetic. Complete. Yes, I would, I would agree. And women are. And the thing is when you combine the two, like that's when you're good. That's when you turn sales into an art form. Mm -hmm. Because if you're able to show up to a call empathetic, like you can actually deal with objections probably way better. Like if someone's like, oh my God, this is so scary. I've never spent this kind of money. Totally get it. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. Or like, Yes. It's, it's so nice to hear you say that because I think I've had a lot of conversations with people where they're like, get really hung up on like objections, objections. It's like, you know, yes. Are there, are there ways to approach and manage objections and everything? Of course. But also like, sometimes it's just like, or a lot of times it's just having that empathy and get, and like allowing people to retain agency of their own decisions and like not um, like railroading them into something that is, you know, even if they just need a night to sleep on it or, you know, whatever, like to talk to their bestie and be like, I feel really scared. I just need to get this off my chest. Okay, now I'm good. Like I'm ready to, to do this. Uh, I feel like that is so intrinsic. I just said one this morning, woman I know joining my group program. She was like, I just, do you just have a quick moment? I just want to quick chat. And I was like, of course, even yeah. though it's like, it's an application process, but I was like, of course. Cause it's like, for some of us, like we just, we just want that human to human. Like I see you, you see me. I understand you. You understand me. Okay. I am still a little bit nervous, but I feel better and I'm good to go. Like, right. So, yeah. yeah. And I think if women did, cause women tend to do that more naturally than the men do, but what mm-hmm. men tend to do more naturally, and, and this is, I think why they excel at it a bit more, right. Is they could still be doing that stuff, but they're like, okay, cool. But I'm talking to a hundred other people, mm-hmm. right. Which the women don't tend to do because I'm mm-hmm. on calls every week. And I'm like, well, how many prospects did you talk to this week? And they're like two. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, okay, we, we got to fix this. Right. Because part of the nervousness that you have to begin with is you're not talking to enough people mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you were talking to enough people, you would understand there's always somebody else to talk to. So you wouldn't be as concerned with the rejection, which I think is what the guys do really, really well. They're constantly on offense. They're not playing defense. They're like, how many points can I put on this board? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They're always aware of that. So even if someone is like, okay, well, let me go talk about it. Right. They feel more comfortable letting somebody do that because they're already talking to a hundred other people. So they're like, Mm -hmm. if it ain't this person, it's going to be somebody else. Yeah. Right. And I tell my clients that all the time. So like a lot of the nervousness that women feel around sales is because you're not talking to enough people to begin with. Mm hmm. Right. So I, that's why I'm saying like, if, if someone, and I'm trying to figure out how to do this, if they could just combine like what guys do really well in sales and what women do really well in sales and combine them together naturally, like you would have like a superhuman sales superstar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Right. Cause I actually think that because women are more naturally empathetic and intuitive, right. Mm -hmm. They are more intuitive than the men are. And that's kind of where they'll slip a little bit. Right. Um, And then they combine that with the sheer volume that guys are doing and the mindset of like, this is a business. We're here to close and make money. Right. I think women would like beat the dog shit out of guys in sales competitions. If they really understood that, like, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, 
I, I would agree a thousand percent with that, with that sentiment, because I do think, yeah, I mean, I just, I think in so many areas of entrepreneurship, we are so, um, intrinsically set up for success, but we just don't, uh, I don't know. We're, we're, we're like selling ourselves short in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I think we sell ourselves short. And also the struggle that I had when I was really trying to connect these dots for myself is like, every time I went to programs run by women, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with mindset. I do all the things. Okay. Literally Mm -hmm. I am wearing crystals as we speak. I do all (laughs) the things. Right. Um, but what I found was there was this, um, like people like to stay there in the mindset piece of things, but they're not actually taking the massive action that they need to take. Right. So instead mm-hmm. of talking to like two people, why don't you talk to 12? Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort to do that. Right. And what you'll find is when you actually start moving and taking the action that builds confidence. Right. So if yes. you're like, so if you're like, I'm reaching out to X people today and you actually do it, even if you didn't close a single one of them, you still did it. And then that's mm-hmm. what starts building that internal confidence. So the reason I had to go to a lot of guys to really connect the dots for me and understand this and get the right, like offensive mindset in mind um, and like the thinking bigger mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like I started hiring employees because I was like, oh my God, I can't just do this myself anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me stop being a martyr trying to do all the things, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, is because when I would go to, it it was a lot more, um, trying to find the right word here. Maybe you can help me with the word. It was a lot more ethereal, like bigger picture, but not really tactical, not really like, well, well, okay, fine. My mindset, but like, how do I get the damn money? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get the money in the bank account? Like, what is the skill set here to get the money in the bank account? I'm tired of talking about what's going on in my brain. I want to know the skills. Right. I'm yeah. tired of visualizing. How do I close? Yeah. 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 I, I have bills that need to get paid and, um, my like, yeah, the visualizing it is not, is not paying them. So yeah, yeah. that is, yeah, that, that's a really, it's a really good, um, it's a really good distinction. And I, I do like, I, I have, you know, mixed feelings about my, my time in the world of, of direct sales, but I will say one thing that, that was, um, nice about it is, and it, the data may have changed now. I don't know. Cause it's, it's been a lot, of, like a lot of years since I've been in that industry, but at the time it was one, it was out of every 10 asks you could anticipate one. Yes. And so I feel like when you have that data, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's all just a math game. It's, it's just, you know, I, if I'm at nine knows I'm that much closer to that. Yes. And it's when you already know at the outset, like, oh, there's going to be that much rejection involved. I feel like you can kind of just buffer yourself better for it. And just that's get why acclimated. I start off my sales training that way. Right. The mm-hmm. way that I do, because I'm like, don't expect to be a superstar, like in a week, like that's not how this works. Sales is not one of those things that you could go like around it, over it, under, you got to go through it. Like there's no other way <laughs> to learn yeah. sales. except It's like driving a car. You're not going to learn by reading the manual. You learn by getting behind the wheel. It's yeah. the same thing with sales and mostly anything in life. Right. Um, 
So it, it's really interesting. So for me, I was like, I got to teach the tactical stuff and not just the tactical stuff of like, oh, here's how you build your email list and how you write an email to sell to them. I'm like, no, I need you to learn how to prospect. I need you to learn how to follow up. I need you to learn how to close. I need you to learn how to handle objections. I need you to learn how to like show up as like an empathetic human, but have the skill set to be able to help someone make a decision that ultimately is good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I need, it, to, I need you to know how to go get money whenever you need it <laughs> without having to rely on Facebook ads or an email list or, or what have you, you know? Yeah, completely. And I, I like, oh my gosh, we're like, I could talk to you for like seven hours. Um, but I, <laughs> I want to make sure I'm like, oh, we could talk about sales for days, but I do want to make sure that we touch on, you know, moving. So moving into, um, a high, like selling more high ticket offers because, it's that really is bull. It's the, it's the mindset of feeling comfortable selling something for a larger dollar amount than you've ever done before. But it's also the tactical of like, it's different messaging. It's different marketing. It's a different strategy. So I, I would love to hear around that because like, we know that we are like undercharging, we know, you know, or, or like, hopefully we know, you know, we're undercharging that our knowledge and our expertise is super, super, super valuable that we actually do when people invest in us, like, because my audience are ethical people, they are going to show up, they are going to deliver. Um, they're going to probably even go above and beyond to make sure that it's a good client experience and people get what they paid for, but hot damn, if it doesn't feel terrifying to go from, I have this two ninety seven offer to oh yeah, I have a $5,000 offer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I have a couple of answers for this. So I think at some point people need to make a decision that they're tired of being broke because that's what did it for me. Uh Right. Like I'm so tired of undercharging. I'm so tired of people taking advantage of me. I'm so tired of not being able to pay my bills. I'm so tired. Like I'm exhausted. I'm not fucking doing this anymore. And I think everybody gets to that stage at a different point. The other answer I would have to that is if the dollar amount, like I tell my clients this, like if the dollar amount or the target or whatever is freaking you out, rather than looking at it as, oh my God, I have to close this $20,000 sale or 2000 or whatever. Oh my God, I have to close it. Right. Instead of thinking about the number itself, kind of shift your focus and make your goal being mastering sales. Mm -hmm. Not the dollar amount that you're going to close, but mastering the skill set itself. It actually kind of helps you take all the emotion out of it because your focus mm-hmm. is somewhere different, right? Um, and the third thing I would say is just from like a cash flow business perspective, like, look, I just started selling like lower price point offerings in my business, but the only reason I could do it is because I have enough cash flow to run paid advertising to them to make the numbers work. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people are not telling you with the lower price point stuff. They either have massively engineered audiences, which will take you forever to build, or they're running paid advertising to it. Like, like I love, I, I like Russell Brunson's ClickFunnels product, speaking of bro sales, right? <laughs> Right. But I was at 10 X growth con, actually the one in my big one in Miami that Grant Cardone did. And Russell Brunson's on the stage and he's got two people up on the stage or three people. And they're like, yeah, I made a million dollars off of like a $9 product. And I would just like send people to a webinar and I'm there with my friend and he's doing some math. Right. And he just hears about this world, like through me. Right. But Mm -hmm. he's not like doing it himself. And he's like, something's not making sense with these numbers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, the part they're not telling you is how much money she spent on ads. Oh, completely. Yes. Yeah. The casual omission of <laughs> that is, 
Oh God. I, I could just rant for days. I could rant for days on it, but it's so it is, it really does such a dessert. Like this is why I am, I'm so big into transparency and I'm so glad too, like that you were transparent and you're like, I'm making five times more now. Like, I think it's important, especially for women to have honest conversations about what business looks like, because at least for me, I know when I know what I'm up against, I can make a plan. I can prepare myself and I can do what needs to be done to get past that obstacle. But when I have no clue, like what is actually happening, it's, I feel like that's where a lot of the throwing spaghetti at the wall, you're like, well, I just hope I can poke a hole in this thing. And, but when somebody actually says like, oh no, this is the path I took, or this is how long it took or whatever the case it's like, oh, okay. Now I can like, I can better mentally prepare myself for that. And I feel like what I see happen constantly is there is this, um, fear of people getting mad at a price, a fear of feeling greedy or appearing greedy or whatever the case, um, a fear of being like inaccessible to people. And so then it becomes, I'm going to sell these, a bunch of lower cost things. And then you're like, okay, what's your monthly goal? I would love to get to $6,000 a month. Okay. If you have a $49 product, like we can, we can do the math and there's nothing. If, if you want to do like I, one of my longest time clients has a killer, killer business. She sells nothing that is over $200, all digital. She's showing up. She's serving. She's freaking amazing, but it works on volume. And right. that is the difference. And it just yeah. When you actually look at your goals versus what you're charging versus what it takes you to get one of those sales. And you can take that emotion out of it. So many times I've had clients and I've had this happen to me where you go, fuck, there's, I can't do it. I can't, the math right. doesn't add up. I just, yeah, I, I do math cannot do it. Too. I'm like, there's no way you, you're going to, you can't like, there's not enough hours in the day to make $6,000 in a month off of a $49 product, unless you have engineered traffic right? Mm -hmm. That's the only way. So, and this is part of the reason why I started the group as well, because I would have so many conversations with women who are like in coaching programs and the programs were for people who were ready to scale, mm -hmm. not for people who were just starting out. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And they'll tell them bu some bullshit. Like, Oh, you just got to spend $20 a day on ads. I'm like, let me tell you someone who runs ads for my business. That is a little horseshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Right. Um, so they're doing that sales tactic, which is really annoying the hell out of me, which is one of the reasons I started talking about this stuff more, but they're just starting out and they're telling them to spend all this money on ads with what revenue you haven't figured right. out, like the business basics to even have money to a lot toward ad spend. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's really pissing me off that there's a lot of people out here who are selling people who are just starting out and really need to learn the basics of like, here's how I create a great product. Here's how I market. Here's how I sell. Here's how I negotiate. Like that's what they should be learning. And instead they're teaching them Facebook ads mm -hmm. when they don't have money to be spending on Facebook ads. So of course they're not yeah. getting results or they haven't really nailed down their messaging to make those things convert. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's happening all the time. So I'm like, guys, from a simple math perspective, right? If you want to sell lower price point products, no one's saying you can't do it later, right? right? I'm just saying do it when it actually makes sense. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do it, do it when you can, when you have the systems to support it and everything. Yeah. So I, I definitely, that was a big, I, I know even for me, it was a big, um, a big mindset shift where I had to, I just had to start approaching it differently because I was like, yeah, this is just not serving me. Like the, how I, I am shooting myself in, in the foot with undercharging and over delivering. And I'm, I'm running myself into the ground and I need to, I need to not do that. But you're right. It was, it was a, the lived experience of, oh, I, I have, I have put myself in this predicament and actually it does not, it does not feel fun. And honestly, like from a lot of people I know who have tried to do more lower priced accessible offers is on the back end. They're like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot of not great feelings now about that. Just, let's just call it. It's resentment. Oh yeah. Oh, totally resentment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've said that. I've said that before my, (laughs) um, I, I've said before nasty cycle. It is. It is. I think, I think I said it in podcast episodes. I definitely know I've said it other places, but, um, that is my trigger, um, emotion. Like I know sometimes people will have like, you know, other resentment adjacent emotions that are like their kind of wake up call for me, it's resentment. That's my telltale sign. If ever I'm feeling resentful about something in my business, that is like, I'm like, Oh, it's my inner compass being like, lady, it's time to charge more. Like, and it's, and it's not a resentment against my clients. It's a resentment against you have sold your own self short. Yep. And now you are not honoring what you bring to the table and you have created an imbalanced energy in like in your business that does not feel yep. good. And this is your body's way of screaming at you to be like, Hey, listen to me. This is something has to change here. Yeah. There's a really great book I recommend for people who struggle with undercharging. I, full disclosure. I had to read this book like three times <laughs> in order for it to like really sink in. Cause the, for parts I forgot to mention is that even though I was like in sales jobs, like when you're a recruiter and it's a down economy and Florida was one of the three hardest hit States, you're not really making money. (laughs) Right. Um, so I, I have a history of under earning and it's something I have to constantly check myself on Mm -hmm. right all the time. And and also, um, boundaries. I got to check myself there. Like, did Mm, I let my boundaries get loose? I got to check myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, I got to check it again and re-implement them and then everything's fine, right? And I do believe money's a very energetic thing. So for example, it could be, it could even be like, this person shouldn't even be on this team. I should have fired them three months ago. And then the moment you fire them and you set that boundary, here comes $30,000 that wasn't mm-hmm. coming before. Like, I'm that serious about it. Um, but there, there's a, a book I recommend that really helped me. It's called Overcoming Under Earning by mm, Barbara okay. Stanny. She has a married name now. I can't remember what it is, but if you look up Barbara Stanny, it should come up, right? Okay. So overcoming under earning. And there's a really cool, um, every time I start another round of persuade to profit, I'm like any of you, there's three books, right? Think and grow rich science of getting rich, overcoming under earning, right? You got to read all these books. And what I say, right. is like, there's this portion of the book where it, um, she kind of tests you to kind of see where your income cap is right? Mm. I shit you not. I've had clients that when the number gets to $250,000, they start crying because they can't even, they can't imagine themselves ever making $250,000. Mm. Mm. 
-hmm. you know, so it's a very eye-opening book. And she talks a lot about why women in particular tend to struggle with this. And I think the stat in the book is one in four um, workers in the United States is an under earner. And most of them are women, Mm -hmm. you know, or when I worked in recruiting, I saw it like the guys would ask for raises off the bat. The women never did. They would just take what was like given to them. Yeah. Yeah. It is so, it is just, it's so systemic and it's so, and it's, and it's hard because when you're an entrepreneur, it's like, you don't have to ask anyone for more money. You can just generate it yourself. So then it, if it just, it becomes, we are getting in our own way. Right. And then when someone tells you, you just decide to make more money, they get pissed (laughs) because it's not the answer you want to hear, but it's the truth. (laughs) So what would you say in terms of, cause I know, you know, like it could be a full freaking masterclass on high ticket offers and there's all sorts of high ticket offers and all sorts Mm -hmm. of ways, but what would be like, one, if so, let's say someone is getting ready to, and what's like your, when you say high ticket, what is like your minimum dollar amount? And I know this is very fluid and we, you know, it's everyone fluid. Has I'm talking, my clients on average start creating something they could charge $2,000 for, but it doesn't require okay. any of their time. Like they don't have to show up to anything. Right. So I yeah. would say the first issue people have, and this is more of a negotiation thing, right? Is just your, your positioning and your leverage. So part mm-hmm. of what I help my clients do before we even get to the high ticket sales, we got to figure out what the hell you're selling. That's yeah. number one. Cause if the product's off, you're not closing shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And if it's not well-made, you're not closing shit. And if it's not actually solving problems, you're not closing shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So we usually have to start there. Even if they already have stuff, normally we have to rework it. So what I like to tell my clients to do, because it's, it's all a positioning thing when mm-hmm. it comes to high ticket sales, I'm like, we got to take what's in that beautiful brain of yours and we have to turn it into intellectual property. That's number one. Right. Yes. And when they do that, normally, because I have them go through a very specific market research process, and I don't waste time on bullshit, like, what would this person pay for this? I don't care. They don't decide the price. You do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anybody who's asking you to go do that as a part of your market research, just ignore that question altogether. Like Snaps. (laughs) All the snaps. Yeah, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that, right? It's irrelevant. That's what Mm -hmm. I say. Right. Um, So I have them go through that process. And normally the first thing that happens is they find out, holy shit, this is way more than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're looking for two things. We're looking for some sort of a system and we're looking for transformation. The problem that a lot of people have with positioning their offers is that a, they haven't put what they know and what they're helping people with into a system. Right. They haven't done it. Right. And number two, they're not clear on what the transformation is. And usually they're not clear on it because they haven't, they just haven't been around enough humans to find out, you know, Mm -hmm. or had enough conversations to find out what it is. So that's the first thing I have them do. And I'm like, there needs to be three levels to this, right? If you want to keep doing one-on-one work, sure, fine. But it needs to be the most expensive thing on the menu, Mm -hmm. right? And the way we're going to make it the most expensive thing on the menu is to have an on-demand version of your system, which is usually they're charging like 2000 for it. Sometimes it depends. Like I could have people who are doing like comprehensive Facebook ads courses. They could sell that for five grand easy and not have to show up to anything. Right. So it depends. So let's just say it's within that range. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we could do a group coaching version. Oh, okay. Well that's more expensive because you're getting more time with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And then by that point, if someone wants to pay you one-on-one, they're paying tens of thousands of dollars to get Mm -hmm. that much time from you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like a negotiation thing, right? That's not mm-hmm. even a sales thing. That's just negotiation, right? Where it's like, I have the leverage in this situation. Mm-hmm. 
right? But you have to build the leverage in. But I find that a lot. So that's where we start. I'm like, we got to build this leverage and we got to get the clarity. Once we got that, okay, now I can teach you upsells, downsells, all that type of stuff and how to talk about it. But that's thing number one. You have to realize, wow, what I do is expensive. And normally when I put them through that program, they realize how much work it actually is, right? Here's the system and here's the transformation. You figure out the system and you figure out the transformation. You can charge thousands of dollars and people will pay it because people who pay high ticket prices, that's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. right? They're not about like, they're looking to get problems solved and they're looking for a transformation. If they're going to get that and they know it and they make really fast decisions, they'll be like, okay, here you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was what I had to, um, I really had to learn that for myself as well. And the, like my husband and I were talking about this last night because we just got new, like finally really nice pillows And we're like, oh shit, this is what happens. Like, as you get older, you're, you're like, I just want to pay for quality. Like, I just want to pay. I don't want to DIY. I don't want the cheapest, like, you know, and obviously this comes with a lot of like monetary privilege. Like we have the means to be able to buy like the nicer pillow. Now we, I have a really funny story about pillows. (laughs) If I remember you're going to, you're going to crack up. Nice. It is, you know, like (laughs) there, you know, there was definitely a point in our lives before now where we wouldn't have spent this kind of money on a pillow, like for sure. Cause it wasn't even an option, but it's like, I, I get that now. And I get like, I am now at a point just in life and in business and everything. I don't really want to DIY anything. I just, I really, I do not want to. So I legitimately would rather pay someone $3,000 to just help me, even if it's a done with me, like, but just let's get that problem solved and keep this show going. Then $300 for a course where I'm going to learn it all. And then I'm going to have to implement, like, it's not even it's so I feel like once I started to shift that mindset in terms of like my, my own positioning in my business and who I'm speaking to and what, you know, and all of that. And then like, in, you know, looking through my own lens of being like, oh, I get it now. I get it because I'm not somebody and I don't even want the like higher end thing that's filled with 20 million other things. Like I literally want ease and I have right. the ability to pay for it now. And so like when you, I'm so, I'm so glad that you mentioned positioning because I think where people, not even, I think I know where people get tripped up is they're looking at the people who are already there who hem yep. and haw about the $50 product. And they say and- they blame the leads or they're not out there. I literally just went off about this in my Facebook group. I'm like, y'all need to stop blaming the fucking leads. Okay. Like it's not, the, you might be talking to the wrong people, but that's still your fault. <laughs> right. And, and I had to, I, I super had to learn this for myself too. And I was like, you know, so I feel like now, you know, it gives me a lot of like empathy and understanding to be able to coach people through it. Because literally at the time when I was like massively shifting stuff, I was like, who, who was going to, who was going to buy this? I don't know these people. And my coach I was working with at the time, she was like, you have to talk to new people. And I was like, yeah, duh. Hi. Yes, of course. But I was like, oh, of course. Yes. Because the person in my audience who is not spending you know, this lower amount because they, you know, for for whatever reason that they're choosing to, they aren't spending that lower amount. Of course I can't turn around and try to sell 
something that is five times as much to that same person. I need to be positioning myself differently in front of different people, people who would gladly pay that price to get that problem solved quickly and efficiently and expertly. Yeah. And I actually use it um, in influencer deals as well, because the only thing I still do in the financial space, because I I will do campaigns or like keynote speaking or something like that. Well, I mean, if my primary business is running and I don't need you to pay my bills, right? Mm -hmm. That means I don't care how many influencers you're talking to if you want to lowball me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask what I'm going to ask for. And either I get it or I walk because I don't need Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Right. So it's that that leverage thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So I use it in that sense too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. And, but no, I'm, I'm, I think that that is, uh, it is, I feel, I, I almost feel like moving, shifting into higher ticket offers, not only, I know we've already talked about, you know, the emotional side and the historical side and the systemic side, you know, there's, there's all of the, all of those weights on us, but there is this really challenging thing. Like it, for me, it felt like stepping off a cliff into just an abyss because I was like, I don't see those people in front of me right now. So I have to just trust that they are there. And instead of thinking about speaking to the people, like what do the people who are existing right here, right now need to hear from me? It was like, what do those people need to hear from me? And literally it was like probably a three month process where I was like, I'm shifting my messaging. I'm scared shitless. And when I say shift and I, I think you would agree with me. Like, it's not a 180. It's like a, oh, it's like a, it's a, it's a tweak. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's little, a tweak. Yeah. It's a little like 20 degree, like, boop. and, um, and it was, it was terrifying. And I was just like, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. And wouldn't, you know, the fucking process worked. <laughs> it worked. Well, that, that was me. Like I resisted really niching down to just women for a I even resisted, like, it, it's so funny. Cause literally what I teach and persuade to profit was what I had to go through when I was making the shift. Right. I was resistant. I was like, I don't even want to choose between like freelance uh-huh. writing for financial companies and teaching people marketing. Like, I don't want to choose like, because what if this doesn't work? Then I'm going to lose all my freelance writing clients. Like, oh my God. Right. Or, you know, I have clients who'll go through persuade to profit and they're more in a, in a scaling stage. So they really got to nail down some systems because we cover that. Right. And they're like, well, all this stuff is working one-on-one, but I'm working 24 seven and I have no time for myself. And now I'm going to move in this new direction over here. And I'm freaking out because what if it doesn't work? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's like totally normal. And it, yeah, it's a little scotch, but there is that time of unknown or even me, like the last three weeks, I was literally building out a self-liquidating offer funnel, right. That took time away from the sales, which is high ticket sales, which is bringing me tons of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I was in a position to do it, right. To take that time off and figure it out and finish it. But do you know how many times throughout this process, I was like, did you, are you doing the right thing? Shouldn't, Mm -hmm. shouldn't you be doing this thing over here? What are you doing? Are you out of your fucking mind? Right. Like the stories just like come Uh in. What if it doesn't work? Oh my God. Right. And then literally within an hour of going live, we were making sales. Right. So I was like, okay. So it was okay for you to take three weeks away from this this thing that you know that makes you a ton of money to make this tiny little shift over here, right? And now you're back at it and you're fine, right? So no, I totally get it. I feel like 
I had to do that when I was moving away from freelancing. I had to do that the first time I put Persuade to Profit out into the market. I had to do that when I quit freelancing. <laughs> Right. I had to do that when um, I hired people for the first time. Mm -hmm. I had to do that um, when I was taking time away from sales to build out back end systems. I feel like I had to do that in 2020 where I had been mm -hmm. avoiding narrowing down and niching and just talking to women. I knew for a year I had to do it, but I was mm -hmm. so scared to do it. Right. And then in yeah. 2020, it became totally obvious that this was like the move I needed to make, mm -hmm. but I was so resistant to it for the same reasons. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's just nice. Like, and I know, I, gosh, I won't, I won't keep you. We're like over, over time. It's just such a fun conversation, but, um, I, I really appreciate your transparency, you know, in, in all of it. And I, I always aim to just like normalize this. Like, I know, I know I already said it before, but like hearing, hearing all of those, those things. And like, I see it like in, in the, in the club, like in our, the private Facebook community, like you've shared wins, you've shared fears, like you, you know, been very like vulnerable and transparent. And, and I think that that is so, it's so important. It's so important. I think to, cause it would be so easy for somebody just to look at you on numbers alone and go, well, you know, she's just killing it and she's got it all figured out and everything is sunshine and roses. And I wish I could have a business with that kind of numbers. Right. But it's like, yeah, but that's missing the part where you're like, Oh, I had to keep learning and adjusting and changing and taking step backs in order to move forward. And that there's a lot of fear and a lot of like hurdles that you already had to get over. And like, knowing that there will be more, but we will oh, yeah. like, you can figure out that next challenge when you get there and you can, ramp up your skill set when you get there. And like, you know, you could quote like a quarter of a million dollar, you know, contract and not sweat through your clothes, uh, you know, and, and it, it won't, it won't even be a thing, but that it's like, we, we have to give ourselves the time and learn the skills and try the skills, even when they're really, they feel a little bit like uncomfortable or scary in order to get to the end goal of where we and want to stay be. in the resistance and move through it. I appreciate that you say that literally number one on Instagram, there's like this joke because when I started the process of scaling my business, I had to have this thing called adventures in scaling where I basically just complained about what a bitch scaling is. So people, <laughs> so people would like, know, like, Hey, this is what you're getting into. Cause no one talks about it. It's like, you're just getting started or you already had a million dollars, but nobody talks about that stage in the middle, which is horrendous. Like it's worth it, but it's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's probably why no one talks about it, but I decided, no, I'm going to put this out there. Right. Cause if you're going to do this, you, you need to know what the fuck you're getting yourself into. Do. That's number one. Um, and because I couldn't find anybody who was talking about it. So I just mm -hmm. decided to talk about it. And then on Monday of this week, it's so funny because we were launching this thing. And like, I was up at six in the morning fixing tech problems. Right. Cause like, for example, like people yeah. were trying to buy, but the orders weren't going through cause some API broke or, or whatever. I'm up at six in the morning in my bed, trying to figure out what this damn tech issue is. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. And I took a picture of myself with the bed hair, like um, bags under my eyes, like still in my pajamas. And I'm like, I wanted to post this. So you guys see that sometimes this is what it takes. Mm -hmm. 
And this is what it looks like sometimes. It's not like this all the time and it shouldn't be like this all the time. And if it is like this all the time, something's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes this is what it actually looks like. And you don't see that on all the pretty filters and Instagram. So I wanted to post this picture so you all see it. Yeah, I, I really, I, I super appreciate that because, um, and, and part of why I just like, as an aside, I think it's, I think community in entrepreneurship is just vital because you need to have other people where you can be open and vulnerable with and say like, I'm having my best month ever but now I'm freaking out because I'll never be able to replicate it. Like I've had boxer conversations with friends, like where my friend is like, I just hit a month that I could have never dreamed. And I'm crying in a parking lot because I emotionally can't handle it. And I feel like I'm never going to be able to do it again. And like, that is some real shit. I know it's hard because then people are like, oh, well you, you know, I would freaking kill for like that much money in a month. But it's like, yeah, there's, there's just so much other shit that, that goes on. It's like the, um, I just, I I've been talking my stories this week about it of like normalizing, like there are ways. And, and I feel like this, the sales part, which is why, like, I'm so glad I, you wanted to come on is, um, you know, it's, it is, it's a tool in a tool belt that makes things easier. And it's great to like, I want ease. I want things to be easier. I want to, have white space in my calendar and do work. I love with people I care about and all of that good stuff and make great money. But like, there is no mountaintop. (laughs) There's just new challenges. Like you get comfortable selling that one thing. And then now you suddenly, like, I know people who I've worked scaling, they could sell their one-to-one in their freaking sleep, but now they're like, I'm going to do a group program and I'm shitting my pants. (laughs) Yeah. And no, it's just I, like, I, I help people through that transition all the time. I'm like, listen, you're going to shake yeah. your pants now, but when you're on the other side, you're going to quit doing the one-on-one. Cause it's just, you don't have the time anymore. Unless someone's going to pay you like a bajillion dollars. Like you're not doing it. If they pay me a bajillion dollars, fine. And now you're positioned for them to pay you a bajillion dollars. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so I feel like I like the stay in the resistance. Cause I feel, I feel like that's exactly like you saying staying in the resistance encompasses all of it. Like there is new resistance at every single level. It's just acclimating yourself to get comfortable and trusting that like you will figure it out when you get to that level. Yeah. I mean, you'll partner with people who will help you figure it out. Right. And, and again, I try to be transparent. I've talked about it on my podcast and that actually leads to more sales because people are like, you're not going to bullshit me, are you? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I am absolutely not going to bullshit you. So I'm sure it might've lost me some sales, but it's also made me a lot of sales. And the reason for that is because you have an integrity stack, right? So part of the reason people feel like so gross about sales. And I'm like, Well, half the time it's because you are somehow out of integrity with yourself in some way, shape Mm -hmm. or form. And then that's why you're feeling fucked up when you're doing sales, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have nothing to hide, I've put it all out here. I'm not pretending to be somebody that I'm not. Like the best compliment someone can give me is, oh my God, you're the same in person that you are online, which I always find weird because I'm like, well, who the fuck else would I be? But at the same time, I have had instances where I like idolized a person and then I met them in person and they were a total disappointment. So like, (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. I get Mm -hmm. it. Right. But for a long time, I was like, huh, what, who else would I be? 
And that actually makes sales easier because you've got nothing to hide. You have nothing to prove. You're in integrity with yourself. So that gross feeling that people are afraid of, if you are in integrity with yourself every day, that feeling goes away, or at least it's Mm -hmm. not as strong, or it's a different kind of feeling. It's like that excitement or the adrenaline, but it's not Mm -hmm. the I'm a fraud and they're different. Yes. Oh, that I feel like that's, that is the perfect place to end it. Cause I, you know, for anyone who's like been, been in my neck of the woods on, in the digital space for long enough, they know that integrity is my highest, it's my highest value. And that is spot on when you are in integrity with your offers, with your positioning, with who, you know, you want to serve. And also just who you are. Like if you're going to work out, if you say you're going to work out three times a week, fucking work out three times a week. Otherwise you're telling your brain you can't be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, you know, that was my, my, um, my biggest lesson of last year was self-trust and honest to God, it made, even though I already was like leading with integrity and I feel very much in integrity and everything with everything I do, but, um, self-trust that was a, that was a game changer. And I, you know, it sounds like it's sort of the same with you. You trust that you get people results. So it's not hard for you at all to show up and sell what you have. Cause you're like, I know it's going to change someone's life when they invest in this thing. And I know what kind of fuckery is going on out here too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Com- completely, completely. So I, I love, I just love that you, that you said that because Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's, there will always be shitty assholes in business. Always. There have always Always. been snake oil salesmen. There will continue to be, but I feel like the benefit now is people live their lives. So publicly it's fairly easy to see someone's values and learn about them and, and kind of hang in their neck of the woods, um, in the digital space and see, like, do I actually, do I get the sense this person is authentic, that they're living in integrity and they're not going to screw me over. And then I, I want to say fine. One final thing. I want to thank you. Cause I just had a massive aha moment while you were talking because <laughs> as my business expands and we're scaling and moving to seven figures, there's a part of me that's like the imposter syndrome comes up every single Uh time, right? And then there's a part of me that's like, okay, well now there's a certain expectation on you and everything needs to be great. Like that story has been coming in, right? So the fact that you just said that is like, wait a minute, like I just gave myself permission to not be perfect again. Cause I didn't, cause yes. even though I wasn't being perfect, cause like, listen, literally just posted on Monday, like in bed fighting with tech. Right. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's like, no, every, now there's a certain expectation on you. So like uh-huh. everything needs to be a win. And I didn't realize until just now, while you were just saying that, wait a minute, you've already been sharing all the losses all along the way and you're still making money. Just keep sharing all the losses. Like it's great. <laughs> yes. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear, but it's it again, there it is. It's like new level resistance. Like you got to work through it. Like, it's just that I God, I feel like if I could just go back and like tell my younger self that things would be so much, so much easier, just be like, no, chill out. There's no mountaintop. It's just going to be a new a new heart at every level, but like you will, you will figure it out. You'll so, figure it out. And you learn to trust yourself to figure it out. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, this was super, super fun. I'm I like all of your contact info and everything is going to be in the show notes, but where can people hang with you and learn more? Yeah. So you can find everything, everything, everything on my website, which is amandaabeya.com. My last name is spelled A B as in boy, E L L A.com. Um, if you're interested in getting a little taste, um, and if you're interested in learning more about positioning, part of what I teach is how to get PR and how to get leads in that way. Cause I was a former writer, so I know a thing or two. So if you go to, um, I believe it's amandaabeya.com forward slash pitch three, six, five. Um, you can get like a series of calendars there and it's going to have different, it has like 365 ideas for different angles to pitch the media, depending on what um, industry you're in. So we've got like five different industries. So if you're like, okay, well, how do I do this positioning? It's like all the energetic stuff we were talking about. And that's where it starts. Right. And then there's also the tactical stuff, like building your authority. So if you want to start getting a little taste, um, you and building that authority and helping you with that positioning, you can start there. Awesome. Love it. Love it. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes and thank you again. I mean, God, I could have talked forever, but I'm thank glad you for, for you. I'm glad for me. <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm so, I'm glad for your aha at the end there. And I can't wait to celebrate you when you cross the seven figure mark. Cause it's, it's obviously coming and you will not be perfect then. And it won't even matter. <laughs> and it won't even matter. So won't thank you. Matter. You have blessed me with that today. <laughs> my work here is done. Awesome. (laughs) Well, that was wonderful. Thank you again so, so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Sell It Sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too, okay? Now get out there and sell it, sister.